0: From the Cyber Hub Bunker and Studio, you're tuning in to the Cyber Hub Podcast. And now for your host and CISO, James Azar. Good morning, security gang. Welcome to another episode of the Cyber Hub Podcast. New intro, that's right, kind of refreshing things Um, uh, in in, in the show. uh, A lot going on. Uh, this year, 2023 is bound to be an amazing year for every single one of us as security practitioners. And I say this not because of like blind optimism, but really if we look at where the industry is headed, irregardless to what you're seeing in the stock market and economics, we are starting to kind of reach the epic center of cooperation. And we'll talk about that on this morning's show. So don't go, <clears throat> excuse me, don't go anywhere. We're gonna get this show going. But before we do, let's power ourselves through uh, this morning's show with a double espresso. Now, I, I do want to say one thing about this, right? And and then we're going to get into the show. Um, I've made it a, a, a pledge of mine this year to use more U.S. made products. It's just a pledge I made for myself. Given the hardship uh, in the economy, I'm not looking for the cheap foreign alternatives. And so... Um, Over the last week of December, here in Georgia, there's a store in Alpharetta that just sells stuff made in the U.S. This espresso mug happens to be one of them. So, um, and if you have any uh, U.S.-based products that you know of, please send me a DM, send an email. Um, I'm making it a point to order really cool stuff that's made by local local folks here in the States, across the entire country, all 50 states and territories. So, Coffee Cup cheers, y'all. Because in cyber, your soft your supply chain is just as important, right? Well start this uh, st- we'll start the show this morning with a malware delivered to Pytorch users in a supply chain attack. So last week's uh, nightly kind of builds of the open source machine learning framework, Pytorch were injected with malware following a supply chain attack. Now part of the Linux Foundation umbrella, Pytorch is based on the Torch library and is used for applications in computer vision and natural language processing fields this goes right into ml by the way significant machine learning algorithm that's that's really popular according to pytorch's maintainers the attack was possible because the python package indexed the PyPy code repository of torchotron one of pytorch's dependencies was compromised and injected with malicious code the malicious binary was designed to be executed when the triton uh, triton package was imported default pytorch does not import the dependency and explicit code uh, is required for this operation once executed the malicious code would upload sensitive information from the victim's machine targeting files of up to nine thousand nine hundred and nine ninety nine thousand nine hundred and ninety nine bytes in size it would upload the first thousand files in a uh, um, money sign home and all of the files of less in the ssh directory the issue only impacts the nightly builds of PyTorch on Linux. Users of PyTorch stable package were not affected by this. So again, your software bill of materials organizationally, what your teams are using is so critical. If you don't have this inventory, I would urge you to make this a goal for this year. Get all of your software inventory that your team, your developers, your software teams are using. And this kind of goes into what I consider to be a natural progression for CISOs, which is CTO, because at this point, the attacks towards our supply chain, the attack towards software, really, you you can be a good GRC, a good legal CISO, but you've got to be able to understand the tech side of it. And I think the more you understand the tech side and the software side of business, meaning if you're a software organization, you want a software kind of like a CISO slash potential CTO. To understand these so that they can work with engineering work with developers work with devops to ensure that you can get all of these in play Um, and, and this story highlights that the raspberry robin worm is evolving to attack financial and insurance sectors in europe the raspberry worm is targeting as its post exploitation capabilities while remaining under the radar what's unique about the malware according to security joe's is that it's heavily obfuscated and and highly complex to statistically disassemble the intrusions which have been observed both in spanish and portuguese are notable for collecting more victim machine data than previously documented with the malware now exhibiting sophisticated techniques to resist analysis raspberry robin was also called the qnap worm and is being used by several threat actors as a means to gain foothold in the target networks It's spread via infected USB drives and other methods. The framework has been recently put to use in attacks on telecom and government sectors. Um, Microsoft is tracking the operators of it under the moniker dev0856. The forensic investigation team uh, said that one such attack revealed the use of a 7-zip file, which is downloaded from the victim's browser through social engineering and contains an MSI installer file designed to drop multiple modules what we're seeing now in Europe will eventually spread outside of there. Um, and so this something is is really critical to understand. Um, this seems to be very sophisticated because, one, it's resisting post-analysis. Number two, it's really obfuscated, meaning it's very hard to detect, and it gains persistence essentially by, by sticking around and really operating below the radar, um, a, a very advanced type of malware and one that we ought to be paying attention to a Canadian mining firm shuts down their mill after a ransomware attack. The Canadian copper mountain mining cooperation, also known as CMMC in British Columbia has announced that it was a target of a ransomware impact that impacted its operations. It's partly owned by the Mitsubishi material corporation is an 18,000 acre claim that produces an average of hundred million pounds of copper per year and has an estimated mineral reserve capacity for another 32 years. The cyber attack targeting the company occurred on uh december 27th and the firm's it team responded quickly by implementing the predefined risk management systems and protocols to contain the incident they isolated the infected systems took down other parts to examine them thoroughly and determine the ransomware's attacks impact The engineers had to shut down the mill as a preventative measure to determine the status of its control systems while other processes switched to manual operation this really um, um a good friend of the show here Um, Avishai, uh, I haven't seen him here say good morning, uh, had a really interesting piece about the role of CISOs, uh, post the Uber breach and, 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 and it's on dark reading. I'll put the link in the show notes for all of those there. Um, and so this really goes through your business continuity plan and the fact that you can't continue operations while moving to manual operation and you're having to shut down is, is a lack of preparation, um, Every good business continuity plan because of a cyber incident should have as little or minimal downtime as possible. and any CiSO and any team that's responsible for that understand that's the goal. Um, you've You've got to be able to uh, minimize the impact of your team and then be able to move to a manual operation or a, or not as a technical or revert back to something else. And you should have people trained to do that. The fact that they're shutting down to me is is significant. It kind of shows you the challenge that companies have in terms of building the right continuity plan. So we'll move to the next story. Uh, work from home, hybrid workplace, really, really uh, important. And if in 2023, you haven't yet gotten a list of Routers that your teams are using at home, especially ones that have access to critical company assets, I would say that it's something that you want to be doing because Netgear now is urging users to update popular router models to address the vulnerability. The advisory released last week said that uh, it released the fix for a pre authentication buffer overflow security vulnerability referred to as CVE 2022 4819 or 6 affecting several types of their popular router the pre-authentication buffer, buffer overflow vulnerability remains if you do not complete all recommended steps netgear is not responsible for any consequences that could be could have been avoided by following recommendations for the notification debug the has a cvss score of 7.4 and netgear said it expects to update the advisory with new information sooner rather than later um so you want to make sure Uh, if anyone in your team is using uh, netgear they update that api security is the new black i love the title of this a a great story gartner um and and kind of predicted that api was going to be the most frequent attack vector for 2022 uh is still tallying the results of last year but api attacks are um front and center in a lot of them the optus breach was one of those um, was was likely a rest api um someone has leaked all the data stolen from the twitter breach which was awful, also through an api um and you're talking about the importance of of defending your apis and in a more intertwined world where apis are front and center and webhooks um as well and and data that's traveling between these pipes you've got to be able to understand um what every api does um what's the expected performance of that api what's the valid use of that api what's the valid response to that api and then you've got to make sure that your apis are written and processed correctly you've got to make sure you're using an api gateway you've got to try and direct traffic through a single point as 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 bad as that sounds in, in some cases, but you want to be able to have, if you can't do that for whatever reason, because of your tech stack, you want to be able to have visibility across all of your APIs, um, especially first and second party, third party APIs remain a whole other uh, issue. Um, you know, they talk about three best practices here, behavioral analysis, service levels, and authentication and sanitation issues. I would actually start with authentication in sanitation, how do you authenticate the API? How do you authenticate the request coming through? And then I would look at the behavior of the request coming through and then the service level of it, but it doesn't make a difference. It's very, very valid. APIs are bound to be the life force of a lot of different organizations, especially the more modern architecture. Um, So you definitely wanna give this a read and make this a priority uh, going into this year. Finally, the Global Counter Ransomware Task Force is set to become active this month. The Australian Cybersecurity Minister, Claire O'Neill, plans to announce in the coming days that a global task force to counter ransomware will become operational next month. This is the latest step in a global effort that started in Washington with the ransomware event that's now continuing. Australia will lead the International Counter Ransomware Task Force, which includes the U.S. and its allies, in an effort to foster greater international information sharing and exchanging capabilities to battling the global ransomware problem. Australia is taking the leads because they've had some major ransomware attacks and they've got a cybersecurity minister who has no clue how to address those. Claire O'Neill is clueless. She's going after victims of the crimes rather than the perpetrators. She spends more of her speeches talking about the lack of responsibility from organizations rather than the relevant and huge network that's supported by Russia and China and Iran and North Korea for ransomware operations. And and the thing about that is you they only have to be right. You've one time we've you know our attackers we've got to be right all the time. Um and and I think having Claire O'Neill be the leader of this task force um may not be the smartest thing uh that is there. I've seen a lot of her talks around cyber and um she speaks like a uh, politician vying for, for, for more quotes rather than actually dealing with the problem. I could be wrong, but I uh, tried to keep a good eye on her, especially given the stuff that she said over some of the attacks in, in Australia recently. And, and and I'm a bit concerned of the fact that she's really um, not understanding how this all kind of takes place and, and, and the kill chain. And where she really needs to be supporting the Australian businesses um, in order to to stand a chance against these nation states ransomware attacks that are backed by nation states. We know that Russia and China use these ransomware gangs um, to to do their own dirty work and then allow them to do ransomware as part of a kind of supplemental income uh, to the work they do. Folks, that's it for our show this morning. Um, uh, Really appreciate all y'all tuning in. We'll be back tomorrow with a whole lot more until then. Have a great rest of your day. And most importantly, stay cyber safe. We love feedback. So make sure to connect with us on social media and subscribe to our podcast on your favorite podcast listening platform.